0: Good morning, church family and ministry friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our online internet around the world church service, and I'm so happy that you're here today. I believe that God's Word is able to build you up to do everything He has called you to do and also to be the person that He has called you to be. Today we're going to be in Mark chapter 10, verse 17. We're going to receive the tithes and offerings And I want us to look just for a moment at the life of the rich young ruler and the amazing opportunity presented to him, but one which he missed. Verse 17, now as he was going out on the road, one came running, knelt before him and asked him, good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? So Jesus responds by taking him through a brief questionnaire Concerning the commandments of keeping the Mosaic law and the young man responds by saying teacher all these things I have kept from my youth. So from the letter of the law he's doing a good job, but there's still something holding him back and that would be something that deals with this heart. Then Jesus looking at him and that is a look that is scanning by the Holy Spirit. For that area that needs to be fixed. Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, One thing you lack go your way, sell whatever you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Come take up the cross and follow me. And my friends, we understand that Jesus uh, did not go around often making that statement follow me, in the sense where come join me and be a part of what I'm doing. Now he extended that invitation to the twelve, and some theologians have said this could have been on the Lord's mind to have a future replacement for Judas Iscariot, but he's going to miss the opportunity. And what could have been stepped into and could have been marvelous is a blown opportunity. Verse 22, but he was sad at this word. And went away sorrowful. Now, God's word is never intended to make us sad. It's never intended to deprive us or hurt us. It's to build us up, make us strong, help us get into our inheritance. So, his disobedience is actually going to cost him, and it's not going to preserve him. And it says that he did this. This was his response because he had great possessions. Now, there's nothing wrong with having wealth or great possessions. The the problem is that is when God says, I want you to give some of it or even all of it, and you're not willing, then we're seeing what the root problem is. It's not the possessions that you have. It's that the possessions have You, And that, my friends, uh, goes over into an area that would be covetous. And covetousness is the same thing in a sense as idolatry. It doesn't mean that you're bowing down in front of a statue of a pagan god and worshiping something like that. That would be quite obvious as idolatry. But this other area of not obeying the Lord is something that has to be cleaned up in our lives, particularly in the lives of this young man. Let me stay in this same flow by asking you a question. What is the greatest blessing of being debt-free? Well, you may think, well, Pastor Stephen, if I'm debt-free and I have all of these things paid off, then it means I don't have to make payments on them anymore, and I could take the Money used as payments, and now I could either put it in savings or I, could, I have now discretionary money that I could do something else with. Maybe I can invest it or something like that. And that is true. That's a great blessing. But, my friends, here is the greatest blessing of being debt free. Being debt free positions you where everything that you own now has the potential to be a seed. Mm-mm. Not so much a donation but a seed offering, because when it's a seed, it, are, it all it it always means that it has a future. Every seed has a future. Why? There's a harvest on the horizon. So if you're debt-free and you own your home outright, that means if the Lord spoke to you and told you to sow your home as a seed into the life of someone, you actually have the ability to do that. Now, there are some of you that that just hits you probably like it hit the rich young ruler who thought, uh, hey, I, I, you know, I, I didn't know it was going to require that. And you might may even think, well, Pastor Stephen, if that's the case, I don't know if I want to be debt free. I wouldn't want God to tell me to give my car away if I owned it debt free. And then, I mean, uh, Pastor Stephen, you would have to understand I, I worked hard to get it paid off. And, uh, and that means I wouldn't have one. Well, you have to understand with the Lord that he's never trying to subtract from you and reduce you. He's trying to bless you and he's trying to take you to a new level. And so these are kingdom principles that those that don't know the ways of God don't understand how God can increase you even by sowing and giving. So this young man looked at it as a total loss Instead of a tremendous opportunity to maybe even have been the replacement for Judas and also to learn biblical principles, uh, primarily the principle of eternal life. Put your faith and trust in God. Uh, you can't be saved uh, anymore by a, uh, a system that's already passing away, the, the system of Judaism based upon works and so forth. And even under the law, those that knew, knew that really the only way that you can please God is by faith. The just shall live by faith. That was an Old Testament revelation that some caught carried over, of course, into the new, we're justified by what Christ has accomplished for us, not by our own works. Praise God. So he completely missed it because he saw it as loss instead of uh, as an act of obedience to step into the inheritance, the true inheritance that God had for him. Praise the Lord. And my friends, we need to understand these things that if there were something in our life that if God said, "I want you to sow that," and we say, "Oh, I, I Lord, I, I, I could do a lot, but I, I can't, I can't give that—that's sentimental, or, or you know, whatever the case might be," then uh, we're actually going to miss out on God's best for our lives. Praise the Lord. Let's look at this from uh, the wisdom of God's word in Proverbs chapter eleven verse twenty-four. It says, "There is one who scatters yet increases more." Now, for the person that only thinks. Uh, naturally with the calculator and can mathematically deduce that if you scatter, that means you're giving away. That means that you now have less of what you previously had. They would look at that as a loss and they would look at that as being a practice that we should not participate in. But my friends, look what happens. There is one who scatters yet increases more. And you would think, well, that doesn't make any sense on paper. Uh, uh, how is this taking how, how is this increase happening when you're actually giving away? Because you're tying in to biblical principles. You're tying into laws that God created, that are just as real as the law of gravity, that are just as real as other laws that science has uncovered. The laws have always been here. We have just begun to understand them and work with them. For their benefit. There is one who scatters yet increases more. And there is one who withholds. And he he probably thinks that he's doing pretty good by withholding. He probably thinks he's being smart. There is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. In other words, that leads to lack and insufficiency. I want to encourage you, regardless of what the climate may be like in the world's economic system or the the economic system of your nation, I want to encourage you to always work with God and His principles, his eternal laws by honoring him with the tithe 10% of all of your increase of all of your income that belongs to him. And also by being a giver by sowing seed, which entitles you to harvest. Woo, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And I believe for many of you that God is going to take you into debt freedom. And yes, while we rejoice that, hey, the bills are paid off. Uh, We don't have to pay on that anymore. You also have an understanding that everything that you now own debt free is all potential seed. Mm, Glory to God. Woo, praise God. There are some people. That if the Lord said, uh, that pair of shoes over there that you have, I want you to give those away. And the person might think, well, that's sure, that's a piece of cake. They cost $25. Lord, I'll go out and give them them right now. (laughs) But if the Lord says, hey, I want you to give that car away, sometimes people are like, oh, Lord. And And I'm not saying there aren't weighty type offerings. But, you know, I've given a car away before. And gave it away, well, Pastor Stephen. Why did you do that? Well, first of all, because I could, because it was paid off, and second of all, mo- and most importantly, God moved upon my heart, and uh, He moved upon my heart to sow it, and I did, and it made it made the couple that I gave it to so happy. And the Lord was all in it, and uh, still today, the Lord has always kept my wife and I in wonderful, wonderful vehicles. Praise God! Oh, glory to God! So you always want to just. keep Keep that grace of giving flowing and that way you never uh, taste these areas of lack or insufficiency or even worse poverty. Praise the Lord. Mm-mm. Glory to God. All right. We're going to honor the Lord. Now we're going to bring the tie then to the storehouse. And if you would like to sow seed, that would be a blessing. We do have a special project that we're focused on right now. And we have a deadline date of, uh, November the 25th, we're very fast approaching that. That would be Thanksgiving. This is a special Thanksgiving offering that's going towards the ministry hangar. We have an opportunity to purchase a beautiful hangar for our future mission jet. And you know what? If you have a horse, you have to have a stable first to put the horse in. So if we're going to have an aircraft, we have to have the hangar. And there is one that is available that has been presented to us uh, to the ministry for sale. We would really like to be able to purchase it. And so the cost is four $400,000, and giving has been coming in, but we have not yet reached that amount. So any seed that you sow is greatly appreciated, and Helps us to move towards the completion of this very special project. Now, if you would like to give by mail, please send your tithe, your tithe and offerings to Stephen Brooks International PO Box seven one seven, Moravian Falls, North Carolina. The zip code is two eight six five four. Now, if you're giving a special offering towards the hangar project, just write that on your check so that we can know that goes into that. Uh, allotted place, praise the Lord. Amen. If you want to give online, you can do so right now from anywhere in the world. Please visit our ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There's a link on the homepage that says, give it has a red heart on it. You can click on that and you'll see the area for your tithes. And you'll also see the area that you can click and submit a seed offering a Thanksgiving offering there into the hanger project. Woo. Glory to God. Amen. Glory to Jesus. So thank you. Thank you for standing with us in this project. Hallelujah. Now let me pray over your giving heavenly father. I pray you bless your people. And that if there would be any type of a stingy spirit, that that be broken off of them. Because that, uh, that, is, that is an unclean spirit. All evil spirits are unclean. A stingy spirit is an unclean spirit. And I pray, Father God, that there be the grace of giving upon your people. Where giving is done with joy. And even should there be something, Lord, that you would put your finger on and say, I want you to sow that. That there would be nothing within our hands or uh, uh, within our control that we would ever withhold from you. We give you praise. We thank you for freedom to give that we will not let wealth or riches control us or be something that we can't touch because it owns us. We thank you, Father, for complete liberty and freedom to serve you in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Woo. Praise God. Oh, glory to God. Um, I'm going to jump into the message in just a moment. Uh, This message, while it's an enjoyable message uh, with a lot of, maybe we could call them fun stories. There are some things also I'm going to share that you have to really, really be careful with what we're going to be dealing with today. It's like nitroglycerin. (laughs) You could have a lot of fun, uh, removing things that need to be blown up, but you could also really get hurt. We're going to talk about that in just a moment, but concerning even this area of, of giving uh, anything that the Lord would, uh, require, um, I heard Jerry Savelle tell the story one time when he was sitting in a meeting and while he's sitting uh, in the meeting, now he's one, also one of the conference speakers, but he's, he's already done his session, so he's just sitting there, while the conference host is actually up there talking and ministering. So Jerry said that he's sitting there, and while he's sitting there, the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, the minister is actually very discouraged in his heart right now, because he feels that I'm not, he- I'm not hearing his prayers, now this, this minister that was preaching had gone through a divorce, uh, some years earlier and, uh, he just felt like people said, well, God won't hear you now. And so he's, he's kind of like trying to work his way through that while still ministering for the Lord. So he, he was actually very discouraged, but he's, he's still ministering, but that's going on in his heart. And so Jerry Savelle is sitting there and the Holy Spirit said the minister up there right now is very discouraged and he feels that, God does not hear his prayers. So I want you to let him know that I do hear his prayers. And I also want you to give him your airplane. Woo. Now the airplane that Jerry Savelle had was the airplane that Kenneth Hagan gave to him. And so what Jerry Savelle had done is he had taken that airplane. He had upgraded it with a brand new interior. He had upgraded uh, uh, the engine, uh, put a brand new engine package on it and put brand new avionics in it. And so this thing is like a real hot rod plane now. And the Holy spirit said, I want you to give that to him. Woo. Glory to God. How many of you know, we're not talking about giving a pair of socks. (laughs) (laughs) I was at a service one time when a preacher said, I'm going to give away my boots. I just love everybody so much. If somebody don't have any shoes, come up here and take my old boots. He put his boots on the platform and everybody, you could just read the minds. Everybody thought, no, nobody wants those old stinky old boots. Okay. I mean, you know, there's a big difference between an old pair of boots that nobody wants and God telling somebody, give your airplane away. And so Jerry Savelle said he was sitting there and he said, well, Holy Spirit, when should I do this? And uh, uh, the Holy Spirit said, wait just a moment and get ready to respond. And while that minister was up there preaching, he suddenly stopped and he said, Jerry Seville, he said, God just spoke to you and told you something. He said, he said, come on up here and tell us what God said. And Jerry said, okay, I sure will. He went up there and told him in front of all the people. He said, God says that you you're very discouraged because you feel like I I'm not hearing your prayers, but I do hear your prayers. And the Lord says to just back you and endorse you. I'm going to bless you. And uh, Jerry said, God told me to give you my airplane. Woo. Hallelujah. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Okay. Now watch this. The service concludes And in that same service, another minister walked up to Jerry Savale after the service was over with, uh, you know, kind of like, it's kind of hard to describe the look, but he went up to Jerry Savale and said, Brother Jerry, while we were sitting in the service and you, you know, you said God told you to give your airplane to that minister. He said, "Um, God told me to give you my citation jet. Jerry said, okay. And the minister said, but I can't do that. Mm, I can't do it. Brother Jerry, I can't do that. Mm, mm. Watch out that you don't have any rich young ruler in you. Lest you abort your destiny. Oh, glory to God. Watch out. Watch out. Hallelujah. Mm -mm. I'm not talking about reckless giving. I'm talking about specific when God says something so that woo, Wow. And it could be your most treasured thing. Wow. God's not trying to deplete you. God's trying to bless you and take you to a total new level. Mm. Well, that minister didn't obey. And now that leads me to our message today. Uh, I want to jump into the subject of uh, the word of wisdom And this is the title of my message. It's a command, not a suggestion. And what I'm going to share is something I've learned over the years. I found out a few other uh, ministers came across the same revelation. And this is something fascinating about the supernatural word of wisdom. And you can get a word of wisdom from God. If you do, you just got gold. Gold. You got actually, you had a minute. If you get the word of wisdom out of the nine gifts of the spirit, you just got the greatest one, but you have to realize that is a two edged sword in one way. That is your ticket to freedom in that area of what that word would speak to in the other way. If you don't do it, uh, you're, we're talking, um, major repercussions, We're not, we're not only talking, you you missed the boat, you missed the blessing. You could, it could go way beyond that into something that you, uh, you may not get another chance to recover. You could die. Mm -mm. So let's talk about these types of things today. Uh, Just right off the top of my head, this is not in my scripture notes, but do you remember when Elisha, the prophet told Naaman, the Syrian army leader, Go dip in the Jordan River how many times? Seven times, right? And your skin will be clean. And Naaman almost blew it. He was just like, hey, that's a dirty river. Aren't these other rivers cleaner? Well, of course they are. But that's not what God said. God said in the Jordan River. And so he almost walked away. Uh, First of all, because even uh, the prophet didn't tell him to directly, uh, directly. the the prophet sent his servant out or his administrator out to give the uh, instruction. And that that insulted uh, Naaman also because he already kind of had it uh, figure out in his head how this was going to go down, kind of like a grand epic event. And the prophet would do some kind of spectacular gesture. And it would be uh, photographers taking pictures to put him on the front page of the paper the next day. It didn't happen like that at all. And the word was very unusual. Go dip in the Jordan river seven times. And so he almost did not do that. Well, we all rejoice with the fact that he did and he did God bless him. He got healed, right? Came out, he came out of the water after the seventh time, not after the third or the, or the fourth or fifth, but after the seventh dip, the seventh wash, he come up with brand new skin like a little child. So not only was the leprosy gone, but he also received what we would call or classify as a creative miracle with brand new skin. Don't you know that caught some attention when he went back to Syria? The king probably said, what in the world happened to you? <laughs> Woo! Glory to God. But what would have happened if he would have walked away and said, "That's a crazy word, uh, wash in the in the Jordan seven times"? That doesn't even make any sense. Why do I have to do it seven times instead of two? What What does this mean? Uh, nothing except that's what God said. And if you don't do it, you're gonna you're gonna have leprosy the rest of your life, and it's probably gonna eat you up and kill you. And there is no plan B. This is either it. You take it or you leave it. Woo. And sadly enough, there have been those that have, that have rejected valid words of wisdom that God gave. Maybe they uh, analyzed it. Maybe they uh, did a little bit like Naaman and said, well, this, this doesn't, you know, make any sense. Uh, there's better rivers elsewhere and all that and all of that. But you know what? God knows what he's doing. So it's a command. When God gives a word of wisdom. It's a command. It's not an option. It's not a suggestion. If you don't do it, uh, something's not going to go good. Woo, woo. A spiritual mentor, good friend, good friend of mine. He's in heaven now. He lived his life out. Lived into his 80s and finished his course. Good man of God. Uh, he had a, he had an anointing to uh, acquire very unusual properties, historic properties, properties that even wealthy investors would love to have in a real estate portfolio. Well, he had properties like that given to him. (laughs) He had one property on the East coast, right on the beach that was given to him $6 million property. But see, these properties were to be used for ministry purposes. And he understood that. Well, uh, he told me, this man told me, he said, um, This beautiful property on the beach was given to him. He had plans to use it for a a ministry training institute uh, to train young men and women in the Bible. It was like a Bible school. And uh, he was planning it all out. And the son, who was on the ministry staff, one of the directors of the ministry, the son had this idea to sell it and just take the cash and, and 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 then use the money for other types of purposes and the father said oh no he said that's a holy property son we can't we can't do that god gave us that property we have to use it for a kingdom plan we can't just sell it and you know it doesn't this is not like business out in the world this is kingdom business everything that we do has to have uh, the the focus of winning souls and equipping the body of Christ to reach the lost. And we, we have to use it for ministry. Well, the son, the son didn't think that was too smart. And the, the father, who I knew very well, said, do not sell the property. Would you believe the son went out behind his father's own back and sold the property? Woo! Sold it for millions and millions of dollars. And two weeks later, dropped dead. Of an unexplainable brain aneurysm, something that did not run in the family, something that, uh, no other family member had ever had happen. He just, so the, the son just drops dead, drops dead. Mm -mm. Words of wisdom are commands that come from on high and we must obey them. Praise God. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 30 and let's go down to verse 19 Heavenly Father, as we're jumping into your word, into today's message, we ask for your Holy Spirit to come, bringing illumination to our understanding of your word, yes, but also of your ways, because some of these things, Father, they're better caught than taught, so help us to catch it, (laughs) and enjoy the great blessing, and avoid the tremendous danger of disobedience. Now, father, we praise you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. It kind of reminds me of sports, right? Uh, uh, contact sports, say like, uh, motorcycle racing, right? Motocross, right? It's, it's like the doctors say, it's all fun until somebody gets hurt. Right? I had, uh, this guy, he used to do a lot of, uh, he actually did a lot of work around the church. He built a retaining wall and he did some other uh, projects uh, for me. Very good worker. And he loved motocross, you know, getting a dirt bike and running real, driving it real fast and jumping over heels and stuff like that. So he had his young son doing it with him. And I said, you know, I said, I said, that's real dangerous stuff. I said, I'm just curious. Do you have health insurance? He said, Oh no. He said, you know, we know how to ride these things. Well, it wasn't too long after that that his son had a wipeout accident and tore his knee up, tore his knee completely apart and had all kinds of internal injuries, and so they rush him to the local hospital and of course the first thing the hospital says, do you have insurance? <laughs> right, it's all fun, right? Until somebody gets hurt, right? And the dad says, uh, "No, we don't have any insurance." So the doctor did it all for free. He said, "Well, he said, I'm going to do the job. He said, I know I'm not going to get paid for it, but he said, I'll, I'll, sew him back up together really good and fix him all up. But boy, that was a lot of work. And you know, you just, you just think let's try to uh, like Thomas Jefferson said, he said, let's try to grab things by the smooth end, not the sharp jagged end. <laughs> well, glory to God. Verse 19. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. But see, this is heavyweight options, right? Life, yes. But hey, the opposite is death. And when God said death, he meant it. Well, it's, you know, it's, that's not a, uh, you know, Pastor Steve, that's not any big deal. No, that's, that's, that is what it is. Death is bad. Death has always been an enemy against mankind. It did not exist until sin came into the earth. Uh, and so it, this is, let's not sugarcoat this. It's either life or death. Life is really, really good. Death. Uh, let's try to stay away from that. Now, it, there isn't a point in time where everybody eventually will die, but let's not have anything premature take us there. Mm-mm. I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. Choose did you notice it's a commandment to choose life? Well, you know, the, here we have two options now. Now, you just take whichever one you want because all paths lead to the same destination. Oh, no. One leads to hell. One leads to heaven. And it's an eternal consequence. Woo. Praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. So God commands, not suggest. He commands that we choose life. God says that one right over there. Take that one. Mm, he doesn't just present options. No, he presents these two, but he tells you, choose this one. So there is a commandment to choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Praise God. And that's what we want to do. We want to live. We want to have a good life. We want to enjoy the things of God and stay away from things that would hurt us or be detrimental to us. Uh, even if we don't understand all of that, if that's what God said. God said, don't go into that. Then we're staying away from that just as far as we can. Praise the Lord. Isaiah chapter one. Let's jump over there just for a moment. Isaiah one verse 19. If notice the word, if, if denotes, there's a condition we have a part to play. If you are willing and obedient, you eat, you shall eat the good of the land So that's the positive side of the if there's the negative side. If you decide to go in the negative route, but if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Mm -mm. Hallelujah. What is wisdom? One definition of wisdom is the ability to anticipate a consequence Hey, if you do that, that's wrong. That's not a good idea. That's going to hurt you. Well, who are you to tell me what to do? Not trying to tell you what to do, but I am trying to suggest what wisdom is. That's not going to end well. Well, how do you know that? Because God said, don't do that. So, you know, money can't fix everything. Money can solve a lot, but there's, there's certain things out there. You get that. That's going to stick with you for the rest of your life. And it's going to bring a lot of misery into your life. Why not just avoid it? Mm -mm. So if we're willing and obedient, that's the route we want to go. We shall eat the good of the land. Sounds a lot better to me than a disaster, right? Hallelujah. Let's go over to the book of Job. Hallelujah. Job chapter 36, verse 11. This one may ruffle the feathers on somebody with an old stingy spirit. We're trying to uh, get rid of that today. get rid of the old stingy tight-fisted spirit. Job 36 verse 11. If (laughs) there's that, there's that word again. (laughs) If, okay. So that denotes, we have the ability to go this way or to go another direction. If they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. Now, There's always two sides of the coin. Here's the other side. But if they do not, but if they do not obey, they shall perish by the sword and they shall die without knowledge. You never want to see people in a mess. You never want to see people in agony, but sometimes you can't help but see it. And what you're looking at is you're looking at the consequences of sowing and reaping. You're looking at the consequences of somebody who said, no, I'm going to do it my own way. And so it's not like you may perish literally by the sword, but you can be, you begin to experience areas of defeat and failure that God never intended for you to walk down that path. What is the remedy? Get back on the right path. Praise the Lord. Get back into the commandments of God and rejoice in them. David said, I rejoice in the law of my God day and night. I meditate in it. mm. Praise the Lord. (laughs) But if they obey and serve Him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. So prosperity and pleasures are not accidental, they are a result of obedience and serving God. Mm -mm. Let us not attribute these things to luck or random chance. These things are a result of a calculated approach to obeying all of the instructions of God and serving the Lord with all of our hearts. Now let's go. Wow. We can go some different directions. Let's go to Matthew chapter 17. We're going to jump over there. Praise the Lord. And I've always enjoyed this definition here of a spiritual gift. Matthew 17. Uh, verse twenty four we 're going to begin to get now uh, more into the direct obedience to a word of wisdom i 'm going to talk a little bit more about what that is in just a moment, but I first want to just give us a great example, and as we 're looking at this, remember time a word of wisdom comes to you from God, it is a command it 's not. A suggestion. It's for your good, it's for your victory, it's for your overcoming. Mm -mm. Now watch this. We're in Matthew chapter seventeen. We're going to go down to verse twenty-four. When they had come to Capernaum, those who received the temple tax came to Peter and said, Does your teacher not pay the temple tax? He said, Yes. And when he had come into the house, Jesus anticipated him, saying, What do you think, Simon? From whom do the kings of the earth take customs or taxes from their sons or from strangers? Peter said to him, uh, I mean, it's an easy answer from strangers. Stop and think about it just for a moment. You have our, uh, let's use, for example, the federal government. You also have the state government. They, they implement their own taxation system too. So you pay state and federal taxes here in America. So, Uh, Let's think along the federal line just for a moment. You have the IRS, Internal Revenue Service. What is their job? Their job is to collect taxes from the citizens of America. But does the IRS tax itself? Uh, That doesn't make any sense. Does the government tax its own institutions? Uh, For example, you'll see, uh, particularly on a state level, you'll see vehicles driving around, And maybe you see a county vehicle or a state vehicle. And if you look at the license plate, it shows you that it's tax exempt. Why? Because they're not taxing what actually belongs to them. They're not taxing the insiders or themselves. They're only taxing uh, those that would be citizens or residents. So you have God Almighty, who is the king of the universe, and there's his son, well the the king doesn't tax himself the king taxes the subjects so that the kingdom can be peaceable and can run smoothly but there's no there's no kingdom where the king is taxing himself or is making his own son who's the royal prince pay taxes <laughs> they just don't do that But it's not like Jesus could stand up in front of the Pharisees and say, you know what? I really am God's son because they're not buying that. They they don't believe that they are rejecting his messianic identity. They are rejecting his true identity as the son of God. Now, legally, he is not required to pay taxes because he is the king of kings. He is the son of God. It's it's about the king of the temple. Well, there, there he is right there. So it doesn't make any sense for him to be paying taxes. Mm. And Jesus said to Peter, then the sons are free, right? Okay. Nevertheless, lest we offend them because they're not, they're not really going to give in on this and it's going to give them something that will agitate them and irritate them. Nevertheless, lest we offend them, go to the sea, cast in a hook, get ready. I know you've read this verse many times. You're about to see something that I, I can't, I can't believe how many people misquote it. I I I would literally say nine out of 10 people misquote or misspeak what you're about to see. Woo. Watch, watch and see if you catch it with me. I know you will. Let me get a drink real quick. All right. Nevertheless, lest we offend them, go to the sea, cast in a hook. All right. So he's talking to Peter, former commercial professional fisherman. Tells him to cast in hook. No, no mention about bait. You don't need that. Okay. I take the fish that comes up first. <laughs> okay. And when you have opened this mouth, you will find the piece of money. Take that and give it to them. Watch, watch for me and you. Well, Peter by this time has seen, he has seen the ways of God. He has seen the way that the Holy Spirit works through Messiah Jesus. So he's not arguing with this at all. He's like, I've, I've seen so many words of wisdom that this man has given, uh, that I'm not about to, you know, lift an eyebrow on this. I'm on the way right now with my fishing pole and I'm putting the line in and I'm going to yank him up. Praise the Lord. But notice when it comes to paying the tax, You will find a piece of money. Take that and give it to them for me and you. I can't believe how many Christians stand up and say, well, now uh, Jesus told Peter to go pull the fish up and there'd be the corn in his mouth and that, uh, and then Peter could pay his tax and then go pay Jesus' tax. Whoa, brother, you got that backwards. You better pay the Lord's tax first. You better pay his first. That's the word of wisdom. Pay, pay the tax pay for me and you. Please, my friends, anytime you receive a supernatural word of wisdom from God, do exactly what it says. Don't reverse the order. Don't put your own spin on it. Don't uh, question it. Just do exactly as He says, and it'll work. It'll work. Woo! Can you imagine? How messed up it would have been. Peter takes the fish, takes the coin out, double drachma, enough to pay the exact tax for two people, and he goes down and pays for his first. Well, I'm all taken care of. Let me take care of this other guy. He's just Jesus. I'll pay his too. Oh, no, no. You're inviting, you're inviting the enemy to come in and wallop you because he's going to be aggravated too that God's working, that God's moving. that That stirs the enemy up. Better have a tight walk with the Lord and follow instructions precisely. Mm. Mm. What gets some people into trouble? Not that they haven't heard from God. It's just that they're not, they're not precisely walking out those instructions. So Jesus said, take that and give it to them for me and you Mm-mm. do it just right. What is that supernatural word of wisdom? As revealed in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, let's look at it very briefly. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. Now, there's nine gifts or manifestations of the Spirit, nine charismata. Okay. Why is this one listed first? Because it's the best one. Mm Mm-mm what is the word of wisdom well first of all let's understand that they're all supernatural we can't just pull this down to like a uh, some type of wise quote because you can go online and and get all kinds of quotes from all kinds of people saints sinners and quotes of so so called sage advice or whatever but this is extremely different this word of wisdom is miraculous it is supernatural and Here's a book, if you don't have in your library, you need to add. You can also download it uh, through many different formats. You can get it off the uh, iBooks. Uh, You can get it off Amazon. Uh, You can get a physical copy, of course. I I always like physical books you can hold in your hand, although I have a pretty large library growing on my iPad. Uh, This is my book called How to Operate in the Gifts of the Spirit. Look at my friend, Sid Roth. He said, he said, this book is the ultimate guide for every believer. And there's a lot of depth uh, here on the teaching of the spiritual gifts. And I covered the word of wisdom. Here's my definition of the word of wisdom. Praise God. Hallelujah. The word of wisdom is, let, let me find my little area here. Well, let me just read this paragraph. This is a good paragraph. In the mind of God is contained all wisdom. Through the Holy Spirit, a word of wisdom, a word, not a whole book, a word of wisdom can be shared with the believer that reveals supernatural wisdom. The word of wisdom will always be future tense. Now, that's very important to understand. The word of knowledge, by the way, deals with past tense or current events. But the word of Wisdom is always future tense. When I say future, I'm not necessarily talking about something three months out ahead of you. It could be three months out ahead of you, as the Lord talking to Peter, go fishing. I'm sure right after the Lord told him that, Peter's out getting this pole, he's off. He's on that assignment to fulfill that word. Now, the word of wisdom will always be future tense, it will speak regarding something you are to do or reveal something that is going to happen. Hidden things are revealed that we would not normally know. In essence, the word of wisdom is the revealing of supernatural instruction, direction, or guidance that reveals the perfect will of God concerning a specific situation. Woo! And that's the, that's the goal. That's the dynamite of the word of wisdom. It reveals the perfect will of God concerning that specific area that that word addresses. Wow. And when you got it, you just received a portion of God's mind wisdom that was given to you. Not a whole book, not a universe full. No one word pertaining to that situation coming supernaturally from the mind of God himself regarding what he knows. And it is the perfect will of what you're supposed to do. And when you do it, It will always, always 100% work every single time. And now you can see why this gift is listed first out of the nine. (laughs) Pastor Stephen, I need the gift though of the working of miracles. Uh, You may think you do, but the Holy Spirit can manifest the word of wisdom and that word of wisdom will show you, oh, you don't need a miracle. You need to make a phone call. And that one phone call will solve that. And you didn't need a miracle after all. Mm -mm. Pastor Stephen, I need a divine healing. I'm sick. I can't get healed. I need a divine healing. And you may think I need the gifts of healings, but the Holy spirit can manifest the word of wisdom and the word of wisdom can say, you have not forgiven that person that sinned against you. And that unforgiveness is blocking your healing from coming. So sometimes we don't always need what we think we need, but the word of wisdom is the perfect will of God straight is sourced straight from God's own mind right there on the moment. Ooh, ooh, it has a time limit. It's got a time limit and there's a window. And if you don't go through the window of obedience, it will close. It'll close. Mm. I got up one morning Years back, this was, this was over 25 years ago. I got up one morning, it was 6 o'clock in the morning, and I got up to pray, and I went in the prayer, and at 6, 10, 6 10 in the morning, 10 minutes after 6, exactly, the Holy Spirit swept over me like a wave. Uh, it was a sensation of him coming over me like a wave. And when he came over me in that, like a wave, he spoke to me. He said, leave immediately for California. Woo. That was a wild word. I was living in Texas and I had a job with a company that had been in business for over 80 years and they had given me my own office and I had my own nice desk and, Oh, I was ready to climb the corporate ladder. Mm. And they all liked me and I liked them got along really well i had already had been there like a couple of years previously. And then I had gone over to another job and they wanted me back. And I was back and I thought, well, I'm going to be back for quite some time. But the Holy Spirit told me to go to California and didn't tell me where I go to. <laughs> but I knew it was Southern California. So I just, that was just like blazing in my heart. But I was like, wow, oh Lord, that's like scary, and so I tried to overwrite it. I tried to overwrite it. And um, whew, so I, I, I just tried to like act like, you know, I didn't hear that. But just a few minutes after that, he came over me again with like a wave of such glory. And he said, leave immediately see that the voice of God is authoritative. He said, leave immediately and go to California. And I just jumped. I said, all right, I said, <laughs> I can't act like I, I'm not hearing this. And I just said, all right, Lord. And by literally by seven, can you believe this? It tells you how little I had by seven o'clock in the morning, I had my car packed full of every single thing that I owned. <laughs> I was living in a little bitty like apartment type efficiency. It was real tiny. Uh, I just threw it all in the trunk, threw the rest of it in the back seat, had some stuff in the front seat, and then I had enough time to think, hmm, how in the world am I going to explain this to my boss when I go in the work this morning? Well, you know, the hour went by really quick. I left at 15 till, got the work just like five, five till eight, got out of my car, and when I got out of the car and started walking towards the, the, the corporate office, cause there's a big manufacturing facility and then there's the sales office, the administrative area. As I was walking towards my area that I would go to the boss over the whole complex just happened to be uh, walking towards the administrative building. And he noticed I didn't have my work clothes on, you know, which was dress clothes. And he said, "Stephen," he said, is everything all right? I said, I said, John, I need to talk to you. He goes, well, come on into my office. And so I go into his office, which, you know, you, ra- you rarely would go into his office. It's, uh, unless something was bad, you, you probably wouldn't want to go in there. So, you know, you might be getting in trouble or something like that. So anyhow, uh, I went into his office and, you know, it was a typical CEO type office, big mahogany desk. Uh, he's got a big leather chair, a lot of uh, brown colors. You know, kind of like an old man type office. Very, very classy. And uh, so I sat down in front of his desk in a, in a chair. And he said, "Well, Stephen, what is it?" I said, um, "I said, John, I don't really know how to explain this to you." He said, I'll, He said, "Just go ahead and say it." I said, "Okay." I said, "This morning at six ten in the morning." The Holy Spirit swept over me with great power and he spoke to me and said, Leave immediately and go to California. And and I I, I was going to continue talking and he said, Stop! And I didn't know what to think. And he reached over to his drawer and pulled the drawer out beneath his desk, kind of fuddled around with something and pulled a bottle out of oil. God is my witness, this is true. And he walked around the desk, unscrewed the bottle took the bottle and poured the whole thing on my head and said, go. When you get there, mail me your, your address. This was before email mail me or send me. I can't remember mail me or send me your address where you're living at. And I'll mail you your final check. I was stunned. Now I found out later, John was a member of the full gospel businessmen's fellowship international. He was a spirit filled tongue talking on fire Christian. And I had no idea. (laughs) I had no idea he had that in him, (laughs) nor did I have any idea that when I got to California, I would be asked by the president of Full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship. That's a big word, right? Uh, That's a big name, Full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship International. I would be asked to start a chapter in the very center where the world headquarters was at, and I would be hosting some of the greatest speakers within that organization from all over the world. Wow, (laughs) crazy, crazy stuff. And I went, and I remember on that day when I was leaving, I said, I'm going to go by the church and tell my pastor. And when I went to the church, uh, they said, he's not here. He's in, he's in South Korea. He's visiting Dr. Cho. I thought, well, (laughs) he's certainly out of town. Uh, But I realized also looking back on that, that it was probably good that he was gone because if I would have told him what I was doing, not even really knowing where I was going or anything like that, he probably would have said, you probably need to think this through. And I probably would have been talked out of it. So anyhow, I went and uh, it, it was the Lord that Journey began to set me up for the stepping into ministry. I would incorporate my ministry in California, and then eventually later, of course, I would uh, move that to North Carolina, where we're at today. And also, what I did not know is that when the Lord spoke that to me, that there was a woman in Southern California at a very large church who had bought four seats. In her church and as she purchased them by faith because the pastor said we need to get new seats for the church sanctuary as she purchased four for herself she's she bought one for herself one for her son one for her daughter and because she's now single she said this other one is for my future husband and he will come and sit in this chair and would you believe. When I got to California and got settled and got a job and got and kind of started getting my feet on the ground, that one day, just a few months later, after I'd been there, literally two months later, I walked in literally into that church and sat in that seat, met Kelly. We started the conversation, fell in love with each other, and got married. I literally sat in the very seat that she purchased for her future husband to come sit in. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell me that you can delay and play around with the word of wisdom. You're playing with fire. If you do that, you're choosing like death over life. You're doing crazy, crazy stuff. When God speaks, I'm not saying that it won't. Make the hair stand up on the back of your neck. I'm not saying it won't be the adventure of a lifetime, but I'm saying that if he did speak, you better ride that word because that'll take you all the way to the, to, to victory. It'll, it is God's perfect will for your life unveiled. Mm, 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 mm. Praise God. And the church that I ended up visiting that day was the church. I was raised up at in the ministry. Woo. Praise the Lord. Yes. We're talking about, Dealing with uh, powerful elements here in the Word of God. This is like those that work around the nuclear reactor. You're dealing with things you've got to be very careful with. Praise the Lord. We have a lot of positive stories in the Bible of those that that obeyed the Word of Wisdom. We also have others that did not obey it and blew it, such as the rich young ruler. When Jesus said, sell it all, give it to the poor, and come follow me. That is not a suggestion. That is not an option. That is a commandment from the living son of God. And if you don't do it, it's not like three months later, we're going to be waiting around for you. You do it right now. You do it right now. He didn't do it. He didn't do it. He lost that opportunity. So you do see the tragedy of those that did not really understand what they're dealing with when this tremendous gift is in manifestation by the Holy Spirit. It's also time sensitive. You have to obey it and step through it in that moment. Praise God. Also, I'm sure you've also noticed you cannot take somebody else's supernatural word of wisdom and tried to make it work for you. You have to have your own word from God in these types of areas. Praise the Lord. Well, here's a story uh, from the book gifts of the Holy spirit by Dr. DGS. Dinah Karen. Now I have to admit this book is a little bit hard to get a hold of. Um, I'm sure that you can contact uh, their ministry. Uh, they have a ministry in Dallas, you could probably get this book. Um, but of course, most of these are coming out of India, from South India. And Dr. DGS Denekaran talks about the time he received a word of wisdom from the Lord to do something very unusual, and he didn't do it. And I want to read that story to you. And I'm, I'm actually very uh, happy that he was willing to share this story of his life. And it, it's a tragedy. It is a tragedy, something that lived with him for the rest of his life. Now, of course, he's in heaven now, so all is glory and happiness, right? <laughs> but I'm glad he told what happened because you have to understand what you're dealing with when God actually does speak. I see a lot of young Christians sometimes, they get all excited, God spoke, God spoke, and I'm thinking that's good, but you better make sure you obey because you're, you're dealing now with life, life or death, obedience or disobedience. So go do what God told you to do. Don't play around on it. Don't sleep on it. Get moving. Get your fishing pole. Go catch that fish. Pull him up. Pay the tax. Mm -mm -mm. How about this for an unusual word? Let's jump into it. This is from the book, Gifts of the Holy Spirit, by the man they called the prophet from the East, Dr. D.G.S. Denecarin. Now, he said, in 1985, during the course of my prayer, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And said, "Okay, so this is going to be what we know in the Bible as a supernatural word of wisdom." The Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, "Your car is very old. Exchange it and purchase a strong Mercedes-Benz car." Doctor Dina Karen said, "A Mercedes-Benz is quite a costly car," and so he said, "I found a second-hand one." All my friends urged me, saying. In obedience to God's command, purchase the Mercedes-Benz. You can pay the money in easy monthly installments. But I thought within myself that instead of borrowing a huge amount to purchase a Mercedes-Benz, I could continue using my old car and spend that money for God's ministry. I did not understand. Now listen to this. I did not understand that God's word about buying a car was not a suggestion but was a command though the word came to me through other tongues because he he was praying in tongues after he prayed in tongues then he translated it into his language that he could understand and that's when the holy spirit that's what the translation was saying to him he said he said, I did not take it as a commandment. I took it as a suggestion. I never put it. In, I never put it into action. What was the net result? Okay. In other words, what was the result of him not obeying the Holy Spirit to buy a Mercedes Benz? Because he thought, ah, that's not a good use of money. That's a lot of, uh, you know, money. And I'm, I'm going to save the money instead and use it for the ministry. What was the result of that? On the, on the fifth month, the 21st day. 1986, when I was traveling with my family in my old car, we met with an accident, and the car was smashed flat. Alas, my 17-year-old beloved daughter, Angel, lost her life. My heart was shattered to pieces, and I still lament since that day. Had I prayed for receiving the correct interpretation, this gift, the word of wisdom would have made it clear that it was not a mere suggestion of God, but a command. He said, I would have obeyed it and I would not have lost my beloved daughter who I loved more than my own life due to my carelessness. So he basically says that because he did not obey a word of wisdom that the Holy spirit gave to him, he was involved in a car crash his daughter, 17-year-old daughter, was, uh, was killed in the crash. He broke his arm. His whole arm was fractured. He was in a sling, and his wife broke her neck. Uh, her neck was fractured. So tragedy, tremendous tragedy. Now, the Holy Spirit did bring uh, supernatural healing and comfort to him and his whole family. And he was able to continue on with his ministry. But that was something that was very, very difficult for him to get over with because he felt a, a certain sense of responsibility because he didn't do what God told him to do. These things are very, very serious, my friends. I, I don't want you to be fearful, but I do want you to have a tremendous reverence for God's Word. When God says, choose life, death, choose life, life is life and death is death. It, 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 and you're, you're, you've got to do the right thing. Don't toy around with God's word. Reverence deeply and respect God's word and reverence the Holy Spirit and what he instructs. A word of wisdom will always carry instruction. You can never separate wisdom from an instruction. I was in India, South India one time, and the host minister, he, he picked me up. And he was using a beautiful vehicle to show for me around in. I'd be at the hotel. They'd pick me up at the hotel. And then they would take me to the television recording studio where I would record Christian television programs. And it was kind of funny because, you know, I've got to get dressed up to do the TV shows. And so uh, what I didn't know, they told me later, is that everybody at the hotel thought I was like a Bollywood actor. (laughs) You know, here in America, we call it Hollywood, California. Well, they have their own version in India. It's called Bollywood. So they thought I was some American Bollywood actor. I think that's extremely silly. But one of the things that made them think that was the car I was getting picked up in this beautiful, beautiful white Mercedes Benz, brand new, brand new, absolutely beautiful. And you have to understand that in this part of the world, if you have a Mercedes Benz, you're at the very top echelon of wealth. And so um, when I got picked up in the Mercedes and taken to the studio, I was before recording, I was talking with a man of God who had brought me there and who's uh, who had purchased the vehicle. And I said, Hey, beautiful Mercedes. It's really nice. He said, uh, thank you, brother Stephen. He said, I was in prayer sometime back and the Holy spirit Now watch this, please, please listen to me very, very carefully. He said, the Holy Spirit told me to buy a new Mercedes Benz. And he said, Lord, he said, those cost a lot of money. How can I do something like that? And the Holy Spirit said, ask your ministry partner, so-and-so, for the money. He has the money. Oh. And you talking about an inner struggle. He told me, he said, oh, what a struggle. He said, he so I'm supposed to ask my ministry partner for money to buy a Mercedes Benz? What if he thinks I'm a fake, a fake or fraud? I mean, what if he thinks I'm a swindler? What, what, I mean, what, how am I supposed to explain that? You're not, you're, you're supposed to do it. So he, he wrestled with that and did not immediately do it because he thought, he thought, Lord, I've always had practiced the highest level of ethics in ministry. And I don't want to do anything that would look like that's interesting. But he said here, God is commanding me to buy a new Mercedes Benz and to ask my ministry partner over here for the money. So he said, I did not immediately move on that because I'm, I, he said, "I, I felt great pressure. Lord, what would this ministry partner think? And the Holy spirit spoke to him and said, you're making the same mistake that dennis Karen made. Oh, he said, when the Holy Spirit said that, he said, My Lord, he said, I'll get this taken care of right now. But he said, He said, Brother Stephen, he said, I did bend it a little bit. He said, I did call the ministry partner, which was a man that had a uh you know a large business in the city. And uh he said, I called him, but he said, I didn't, I didn't directly ask him for the money. In other words, can you give me this amount of money? He said, can I borrow? <laughs> he said, the Lord has led me to call you to ask you. And he said, can I uh, borrow this amount of money to purchase Mercedes Benz? And the man said, let, let me and my wife pray about it. And so uh, my friend, you know, he he's waiting for the callback and so the call came back. I think it was two days later. And the man said, he said, man of God, the Lord has told me not to lend you the money. But he did tell me that I'm supposed to give it to you. I am supposed to give you the complete amount of money that you need to buy the Mercedes Benz. Whew. So my friend said, okay. He said, praise the Lord. Now watch this. He goes out and buys brand new Beautiful Mercedes Benz. I've written in it various times. And the moment the man releases the money, the businessman releases the money for him to do that. The moment he releases it just right after that, immediately after that, another contract came in. He got another contract that paid off the whole amount of money that he just released. It just covered it. It covered it. It's like God paid for the car. And you know what? That's exactly what the Lord did. That's exactly what the Lord did. Now in the church, you've got a lot of people that are jealous. You have a lot of people that, um, they criticize any type of uh, prosperity. And really what it is, is that they're frustrated. They don't have it. They're not so much mad that you have it. They're just frustrated that they don't have it, but they may not, may not be walking in obedience like you are. And so they're, they're frustrated. And so they say certain things and there's criticism. It's okay. It comes with the 100 fold. Well, it, it, It's not okay, but it just comes with the territory. You understand what I mean by that. So we're going to honor the Lord and obey the Lord, but you have to be aware that if there's anybody that you want to please, it must, when it's all said and done, it must be God it must be God. Well, Pastor Stephen, I don't, I don't know what people are going to think about that. I'm not sure either, but I'm mainly concerned. What's God going to think about it? Because we must obey him. Despite what cultural norms say, despite what the rot of society would say, we must obey God because blessing is directly linked to obedience. And problems and a mess is directly linked to disobedience. So we're going to do the right thing, and we're going to obey the Lord, and when the Holy Spirit manifests with words of wisdom that are supernatural, we're going to obey the Lord and honor Him. Hallelujah. Praise God. Glory to Jesus. Mm -mm. Hallelujah. Now, I had a situation one time. Uh, It was the day before a New Year's Eve service. And I said, Lord, I need a, I need a word for new years. People want to hear the prophetic word. And the Lord did give me a, what we would call a word for the body of Christ. But the first thing he did was he gave me a personal word. He said, I want you to ring in the new year. And the moment he said that, uh, it just, the revelation of exploded in my heart because I knew exactly what he meant by it. Sometimes the Lord will say things in a very prophetic sense where maybe there's like a pun attached to it. And he said, I want you to ring in the new year. And my wife was wearing uh, an old ring that her grandmother had given her. And she was actually using that as her wedding ring because I had not been able to, just directly go out and buy her like a really nice wedding ring. And so she had that one and she liked it and it was pretty, uh, but it wasn't something that I'd gotten her. So the Holy Spirit said ring in the new year and that meant go out, take your wife out and buy her a new wedding ring. And so in our savings account, we had a certain amount of money in there, several thousands of dollars And so I thought, well, I do have some money uh, saved up. And so I took her to the jewelry store. Uh, This was just right after this word. I didn't didn't waste any time because I knew this was hot, hot, hot. And I got to act on it. So I took my wife to the jewelry store and basically just said, get, get whatever wedding ring you want. And she did. She looked all over and looked at this, tried this, tried that finally uh, found one that really made her heart happy. And I bought it for her. And when I did, it was the exact amount that drained completely that account. It just emptied it. <laughs> there, was, there was hardly anything left in it at all, maybe like $20 or something like that left. But the thousands of dollars went on that ring, paid the whole ring off, but it totally emptied that account. But within just a few days after I did that, I was blessed with two personal offerings and when the offerings were given to me, it was, it was stated, Pastor Stephen, these are for your personal gifts. These are not for the ministry. These offerings are for you personally. And I put them right back into that account. And when I did, it brought it right back up to where it was before I spent the money on the ring. So the, the money's already back there. It's like, it's like God paid for the ring. Yeah, that's exactly what he did. Why? It's a word of wisdom. It will always work when it is truly from God, and you hear it from God, and you act on it. And it doesn't matter if it means go pull up a fish. If Jesus says there's money in his mouth, it, it will be there. It doesn't matter what it is when it comes from God. So that's why this word is so powerful, and it, that's why it's listed first among all the gifts of the Spirit And we're also told in God's word that wisdom is the principal thing or the chief primary thing, therefore get wisdom. So this is supernatural wisdom. This is the wisdom of God, what you're supposed to do in that specific situation. Praise God. Um, Well, in many ways we rejoice about a lot of the fun stories uh, associated with the miracles that happen out of obeying a word of wisdom. There is also, the other side that we must be aware of, such as the rich young ruler of the missed opportunities of not obeying the word of wisdom. When Jesus said, come follow me, he meant it right now. Just sell the stuff, get rid of it. You, this stuff has completely owns you. You think you're free? You're a slave to it. Sell it all. Get rid of it. Give the money to the poor. Come on with me. I'm going to show you how we do things right. Mm, and he didn't do it. Mm, mm, mm. Praise God. Amen. So be ready to obey no matter how even silly it would sound. You know, one time I was shaving, you know, I think there's moments in life where you get real calm and relaxed. And I think for guys, it's shaving. I was standing in front of the mirror and I was just shaving, you know, shaving cream all over my face. And I wasn't thinking of anything. It was just one of those mellow moments, right? And I'm shaving. And as I'm standing there shaving, the Holy Spirit just out of the blue spoke to me as if a, as, as if a person were just standing there, heard the voice. But it's from within. It echo, it's from within, and it kind of like echoes out. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, take off the Timex watch that you're wearing, I'm going to give you a Rolex. I thought, well, Lord. Well, first of all, I kind of laughed. I just thought it was funny, a statement like that, because it's kind of, well, that's kind of a good trade, Lord, because I knew the watch cost $35. (laughs) Lord, yeah, sure. Lord, I'll throw it away now if you want me to. (laughs) It's actually a good watch. Uh, But I never wore it again after that. I took it off right then. And two weeks later, now remember, I took it off. He said, take it off. I took it off right then. Never put it back on ever after that. Two weeks later, I was in a meeting, and I was given a very beautiful Rolex watch. Amen. Beautiful watch. Wow. Glory to God. Isn't that an unusual word? Pastor Stephen, I I didn't even know Jesus knew about Rolex. I didn't know he knows even stuff about that. He knows everything. There, there's nothing in his mind that he doesn't know. He knows everything about everything. Mm. You know, when that was given to me at a, at a certain conference, um, later that evening at a meal, I showed the watch to the conference host and I told him what had happened. <clears throat> and he looked at it and he said, Pastor Stephen, that's Wonderful. And I, cause I told him, I, I, and I, I told him like two weeks earlier, I was shaving and the Holy Spirit told me to take off the Timex and I was going to get a Rolex. I said, now look at that. Isn't that amazing? God said that. And now here it is. He said, that's wonderful. Pastor Stephen." He said, that's interesting. He said sometime back. Now listen to this. He said sometime back, I was shaving standing in front of the mirror and I was shaving and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, take off that Seiko. <laughs> I'm going to give you a Rolex. I'm telling you God talks. Some of you may think I'm crazy, but I'm telling you God is a talker and when he talks, he has never told one lie in all of eternity past and all of the present. It is absolutely impossible for God to lie. Mm. So he said, he said brother Stephen, God told me, take off that Seiko. I'm going to give you a Rolex. And he said, now look at this. And he showed me a real nice uh, Rolex Daytona uh, chronograph watch. Beautiful, very expensive. I said, isn't that amazing? Not so much that you got a Rolex. That, that's cool. But isn't it amazing that God speaks and that if you'll obey, he'll do exactly what he says is bulletproof. Wow. And it doesn't matter what he says. It doesn't matter what he says. If you'll do that, there is the, there is the manifestation coming. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. But you must be very precise in obedience. Let's close with this. 2 Kings chapter 4. You're going to have to have a prophetic edge to your life. I'm not saying that you have to be a prophet because a prophet's office is a calling into a five-fold ministry gift. But you're going to have to have some prophetic uh, uh, flow uh, going through you so you can pick up on these things and you can know what's going on and you can know the blessing that's attached to it. But also you're going to be very, very precise in your obedience. Take a look at this in 2 Kings chapter 4 and verse 29. Then he said to Gehazi, get yourself ready and take my staff in your hand and be on your way. Watch this. Now watch this. You're, you're getting instructions from a prophet under the anointing. Do, do exactly as he says. Okay. If you meet anyone, do not greet him. And if anyone greets you, Whoa, I can already tell. (laughs) I can already tell that bless your hearts for some of you. This is too much. This is too much for some of you. I I, I don't know if Elisha, if he told some of you to do this. I I honestly don't know. Some of you bless your hearts if you could do it. (laughs) But you have to understand why. If you meet anyone, do not greet him. And if anyone greets you. Do not answer him. Belay my staff on the face of the child. If you could just get into a little bit of the prophetic flow, a little bit of that prophetic stream, you begin to understand when the spirit begins to come up on your life, you're carrying something. You're, it's, it's no different than literally carrying two buckets of water. You know you're carrying something. Something, And when you're carrying something, the last thing you want to do is spill it and have it pour out before you reach your destination and then deliver the goods. Hmm. I was uh, sitting one time and heard a, a man over talk. Uh, he said something that caught my attention. He was he was criticizing a very well-known minister. He said, well, I'll tell you one thing. I was standing outside of a conference room one time when the man, of, so-called man of God walked by, and my son and I, we said hello to him, and he didn't even turn around and look at us. He just kept right on walking. And he was mad, thought all ministers are fake and snooty and snobby and stuck up. Oh, I said, he didn't say hi to you. He goes, no, I thought that was rude. I said, do you ever read the Bible? 2 Kings chapter 4? Did you ever read about the ministry of Elisha? No, what does that mean? What does that say? Ah, never mind. Might be a little too hard for you to obey that one. (laughs) People sometimes, even Christians, they have no sense of the prophetic. They have no sense. I was I was getting ready to do a conference one time. I was hosting. I was the speaker. We were renting a facility. The people were all there. We're about ready to go. And I went up and I, I took a look at the microphone that I was going to be using. Uh, this was the, the microphone and the podium came with the facilities. They were not not our equipment. It belonged to the facility that we were renting. And when I looked at it, I noticed the microphone wasn't working right. And it looked like it was the whole, the whole system was about to fall apart. It was a real old podium mic. It was that tells you how old it was. The mic was built into the podium and had the like you know, the wire coming up or the uh, you know the metal thing, whatever. And uh, right at that moment, a man walks up and he says, "That's not working, is it, Brother Stephen?" I said, "No, something's wrong with it." He said, "Well, let's take it apart right now." Let's I said, "I said no. I said, Brother, I can't do that. I'm gonna get out of the spirit." Oh no, no. He said, "I'll go get a screwdriver and we can take it apart." I said, "No," and I walked away. I, he knew what he was doing what 's he doing he 's trying to pull me out of the spirit why because i 'm carrying something i cannot i don 't even care at this point i don 't care if the microphone doesn't even work i 'll just stand in front of the people and talk because I cannot let things get me out of the spirit and I drop what i 'm carrying because i 'm carrying something for the people and he knew he knew exactly what he was doing because there 's jealousy and there 's envy and he was trying to he was trying to get me all discombobulated and it didn't work. I said no, just walked off completely. And when I came out a few minutes later to start the meeting, the speaker worked fine, never malfunctioned the whole time. <laughs> Watch these things. Wisdom requires the strict obedience to instructions. Well, Pastor if Steve, I, if I don't talk to somebody, what if I, What if my best friend comes up to me? You're on assignment. You're on kingdom assignment, and the prophet said, "Don't talk. Don't talk." Well, now, Pastor Stephen, they're going to think we're rude. You, you can work all that out later. You can, figure, you can explain all of that later. And for some of them, bless their hearts, they may never understand it, even if you do show it to them in the Bible. And this is not the only time when such a type of instruction was given. A very specific get in, do your job and get out. And don't say anything. And those that didn't do it, it didn't work for them. Mm -mm. One man, one young prophet, tremendous anointing, lost his life because of all the blabbing afterwards, and God told him to go. And the old prophet, who was probably envious of the new anointing, said, oh, oh, God, God told me that you're supposed to come over to my house. And the young prophet, who God said, do not stay, leave immediately. He goes, well, God told you that? He goes, yes, yes, God said, no, you're supposed to come over here. He went over there and the old prophet said, because you did this, you're going to die. And he did. He was killed on the way home. What do you see? You see the old guard envious of the new anointing, not, uh, no longer having that and thinking, well, if I can't have it, I'll just, nobody can have it. We'll take him out too. Hmm. That's what the guy was doing at the microphone. Let me get the screwdriver. We'll take it all apart. Can you imagine that little pieces going everywhere? Little bitty screws rolling all over the pulpit. And I'm supposed to minister in the anointing and people want to be healed from sickness and disease through the power of the Holy spirit. And I've got screws going all over my desk. That's crazy, crazy stuff. The enemy will try to do crazy stuff like that. You have to be ready before you ever get there. Mm -mm. Here's a book. Very hard to get a hold of. Take your glory, Lord. The life story of William Duma. Mm-mm. Very hard to get a hold of. I found it on the internet in a bookstore in, I think somewhere in England. I paid $100 for this book, and it's worth every penny. I've seen it I've seen it for sale on the internet for $1,000. <laughs> I, I wouldn't pay $1,000, but I was, honestly, I was happy to be $100 for it. Uh, you can read about when the Lord told him to go raise this person from the dead, go do this. And he's on the way and you wouldn't believe how many people want to come up and talk to him and not, they're trying to, Why did they do it? They're trying to pull him out of the spirit and people are cursing and profaning him as he's walking, trying to do anything to get him out of the spirit. You're going to have to learn these things. When God gives you a word to do something, don't go to the left or right, execute the word. Mm -mm. And then you can go talk to your best friend after that anointing lifts. Uh, And as we would say, in a sense, life returns to normal. Mm -mm. Praise God. Glory to God. All right. I've actually had many other words of wisdom that the Lord has spoken to me at various times. Some of them were personal, uh, just certain things I needed to do. But my friends, this, This gift of the Holy Spirit is very, very powerful. I just want you to realize when it happens, what you're dealing with and rejoice. Yes, but execute. Let me give you one more. One more. Then I want to pray that this anointing touch your life. This gift come to you. I was sitting in the couch or or not in the couch, sitting on the couch, and I was thinking about my television ministry. Now at this time, I didn't have a television ministry. I had a calling and I knew that God had TV for me. I had done a lot of television shows on other people's sets and I've been on TV as a guest at various places, but I felt God had a, a calling for me to, for me to have my own program for this ministry to have its own program, which today we know is pure gold, but this was before pure gold ever materialized. And I was sitting on the couch and I was thinking about the money that I had saved for the television ministry. And i had saved for a whole year. And in some ways, as I was thinking about it, in some ways, it was a lot of money because I thought I could buy a really good camera with that. I mean, I could buy a really good camera. But at the other time, at the same time, I thought, but that's all I could do. I, it's not enough. I just thought, Lord, it's, it's a lot, but it's still, it's, it's a little because it's not enough. And I, I'm stuck between two worlds, and I don't know what to do. Should I, should I use what I have and do the little, maybe a little bit with it? Or is it just not enough? And I, so, but I honestly didn't know what to do. So I'm sitting on the couch, and I'm thinking about that. And as I sat there, suddenly the Holy Spirit spoke to me. A word of wisdom. Now remember, what is a word of wisdom? It is God's perfect will for your life revealed through a word, not a book. I I, I didn't need God to read a whole book to me. But a word could even be one or two sentences. It is a word of wisdom. Wisdom always directs as to what to do. And it directs in a specific area, a specific uh, part of your life. And it is God's perfect will. So, as I sat there on the couch, stuck, not knowing what to do, the Holy Spirit spoke and said, What you hold in your hand, which was thousands of dollars, but not enough, he said, What you hold in your hand is your seed, it is not your harvest. And I thought, Lord, that's amazing. I actually got up and looked back behind the couch because the voice was that real. It wasn't an angel. It was a Holy Spirit. The voice was all around. It filled the room. But, I mean, I got up and looked behind the couch. I thought, Lord, have mercy. And I said, that's right. This is not my harvest. It can't be. It's too little. So I said, it is a seed. And I went and told my wife. I said, Kelly, I said, I know exactly what we're supposed to do with that money that we have been saving for over a year for the TV ministry. She said, what? I said, the Lord said, it's a seed. It's not our harvest. So I took the whole thing and sowed it into the ministry of a man of God that has an international television ministry. And I said, this is my best seed. And he received it with Thanksgiving. And today, today, it's, it's, you know, we're reaping the benefits of that. So here's the problem with some, they eat their seed. And if you eat your seed, you have no expectation for a harvest. Why? It's not out there in your field. The harvest not in your field because the seed went in your belly, mm. but we sowed the seed. And now we are reaping God's best a hundredfold return on that. And as you know, we're on television on many different networks. We're increasing our coverage and people from all over the world literally are watching the pure gold program. Hallelujah. But see, I obeyed that word. I obeyed that word. Hmm. Could I feel the weight, the magnitude of what it is to give that away? Thinking, oh, it took a year to save that. Yeah, I could feel that. I could feel that. But I also knew in an undeniable way, I heard from God. And it was a word of wisdom. It, which reveals the perfect will of God what to do in that situation. And today I'm so glad I sold that because today that looks small. Back then it looked huge, but today it looks so small compared to the budget that it requires to operate uh, all that we're doing with television. Praise the Lord. Yes, rejoice when you hear the word, but execute and walk it out. Praise the Lord, lift your hands. Father, I pray for those that are watching today that not only will they open their hearts to receive this supernatural manifestation of your spirit of the word of wisdom, but I pray, Lord, that they not be like, oh, I heard it, and then there'd be like some kind of foolish giddiness, but I pray that there be a, a, a sobriety that hits them, that, that they realize, oh, I know what to do, and I must do this, and let there be a holy reverence. When this word comes, now we give you praise. Thank you, Father, not a fear in the sense of a phobia, but yes, a, a deep reverence. I have heard from God, and now I must choose life. I must, I must obey quickly. Now, Father, we give you praise in the name of Jesus. Let that gift come to your people in Jesus name. Woo. Glory to God. Amen. Shall I receive praise the Lord. Glory to the Lord. Now, those of you that are watching today, and you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ loves you. He died on the cross to save you from your sins. If you'll put your trust in him and give him your entire life, he'll save you right now. If you would like to receive his eternal salvation, pray this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner, but you died to save sinners like me. Jesus, I give you my whole life, every part of it. Wash me with your precious blood. Write my name in your book of life. And take my life now. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In your name I pray. Amen. And Amen. Welcome to the family of God. That was the wisest thing that you've ever done in your life. Mm, mm, mm. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Now let's honor the Lord. Let's receive Holy Communion. I want to encourage you grab some unleavened bread. If you have a little cracker or something like that, that will work just as well also and grab some grape juice and let's pray. Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice We bless it. We set it apart as holy. We thank you, Father God. We thank you. This is now the body, the flesh, the blood of Christ. And Father, we thank you that we understand what the psalmist meant when he said he trembles at your word. Thank you, Father God. We give you praise for the power in your word, your ability to do exactly what you say. So, Father, we rejoice, but let us also always be aware of the the power associated here. Oh, God, we reverence you. We give you praise as we receive the flesh of Christ. We thank you for the gift of the word of wisdom coming to us, showing us exactly what to do in that specific situation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Let's receive the great prayer intercessor, Bruce Howells, at a tax payment that was due, and he did, have, he did not have enough money to pay it. And so he's thinking, Lord, what am I going to do? I've, I've got this amount, but it's not enough. And right during that time, another brother came up to him and said, Brother Reese, he said, I really need God to help me. And Reese said, what do you need? He said, I've got a tax payment that's due, and I don't have it. Reese said, how much is it? And it, it was the exact amount that he had saved. Reese said, Let's pray. They got down on the ground, and they prayed, knelt down and prayed. And then Reese said, well, let's get up. He said, brother, he said, God told me to deliver you. God told me to pay your, uh, give you the money for the taxes. So they went down to the bank, and uh, Reese gave him the money, his money, which was all he had. That guy went and paid his tax payment, and Reese said, Lord, you instructed me to do that. So I know that you're going to help me. And the very next day, the full amount of the tax money that he was was supposed to pay, it all came in through a personal gift to him personally. And he was able to pay the whole thing off. So at that time, he didn't need to go fishing in the lake and find the fish with gold in his mouth. So you can't replicate these these things. These are all, all worked out by the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord mm Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. We ask that if we've committed any sins that you would forgive us. We ask that you would cleanse us from all unrighteousness, and we forgive and bless anybody, anyone who has sinned against us. We thank you, Father God. This is a new day for the church. This is the new dawn, the golden era of the church. We're in the last days, And while there's gross darkness in the earth, we thank you that your glory is being seen upon us. We thank you for solutions. We thank you for the way forward. We thank you that we have supernatural help through the enabling of your Holy Spirit. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive the blood of the Lord Jesus. Praise God. Now let's lift our hands and thank the Lord for all of his gifts. Lord, we just praise you and we thank you. We give you all of the praise. We give you praise, Lord. We thank you for the revelation gifts that reveal something. We thank you for the word of wisdom. We thank you for the word of knowledge. We thank you for the discerning the spirits. We thank you for all of the gifts of your Holy Spirit. Oh, God, we give you praise. We thank you that we are in a time of things being unveiled and having a bright illuminated path in front of us. Father, we just thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the words of the Master coming to us. We thank you, O God. Hallelujah. We give you praise and glory. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for making a way, even in certain areas where there would appear to be no way. We thank you that with you and your wisdom, there's always a solution. Thank you, O God, for showing us what to do. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And Lord Jesus, we receive the ministry. Of your Holy Spirit. We receive the manifestations of your Holy Spirit. And oh God, we give you praise. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me say this in closing and keep in mind someone like DGS Denny who the Lord said, buy a Mercedes Benz. See, the Holy Spirit knew the enemy was going to try to attack him. And so the Holy Spirit wanted him in a very strong vehicle with steel frames running through the whole, uh, the doors and the entire structure to protect from a crazy driver sent by the devil. Oh, glory to God. This is what I want to say. Don't let any person talk you out of obeying something that the Lord has told you to do. Maybe some crazy family member or somebody like that or or somebody that basically does not understand the ways of God. You, You know too much now to disobey. So do what the Lord says to do and you'll also see God move mightily in your life in a beautiful way. God bless you. Thank you for watching. I'll see you back next time.